trying to think if I have any failures. No, you don't. I don't think I do. Of course not. Perfect people don't have failures. Well, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out. I didn't want to have to be the one to say it. (laughs) Perfect and humble people don't have failures. Oh my God. Seriously. (laughs) Like how humble I am is one of the best things about me. Hello, and welcome to Middle-ish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Michael Gray. And I am Erin Green. The one and only. That's The me. one and only Erin Green. <laughs> She's here, folks. <laughs> Buckle up. How's, how's that for an introduction? Because <laughs> you're about to get knowledge <laughs> by Erin Green. <laughs> Knowledged. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that could be a verb, but... I didn't either until just now, but look at that. That's a good one. Here we are. All right, everybody. <laughs> I will knowledge you. I'm going to knowledge out. your butt off <laughs> actually our topic today we just were discussing it's not really like fact-based it's very philosophical so mm-hmm. i don't know if it's knowledge maybe perspective that i'll then perspectivize you has to be asked is perspective knowledge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now we can really get philosophical we're getting deep real quick yeah but i be prepared to get perspectivized i think that's the new word perspectivized <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Before we get into that and all of this wordsmithing, how how are you? What's new? I I am good. Um, I'm good. Yeah. What's new? So my family's out of town this week. Uh, Kat and the girls went with some a few family friends up to a Broken Bow, I think it's called, in Oklahoma, oh. about six hours away. So they're up there staying in a place, kind of on a lake. I think, or a river. Broken, you don't even know where your family is. Broken Bow, Oklahoma, I think. Yeah. <laughs> By a river. I it's, don't know. <laughs> it's north. It's at, I'll find them if I need to. I'll just they go went north. Up. Yeah, they, they went, just up went up somewhere. About six hours. If you look at a uh, map, it's just up. That direction. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's they left Sunday morning. Well, Sunday late morning. Um, so it, they come back Friday. So I'm just mm-hmm. kind of the week to myself. which is always a good reminder about how boring I am on my own. (laughs) I don't have my family here. So I'm like, all right, what to do? What do you do? I work a little bit more. Um, I, well, and I, I take some time to relax too more for sure. Good. Yeah. I enjoy, like, I'm ready for them to come back because I, I like having them here. I like doing the dad stuff and, you know, just, I'm ready for them to come back, but the lack of responsibility is super nice. Even though I'm ready for comeback, I'm, I'm really enjoying that, you know, not the bedtime and bath time and just all the extra things. So just a lot more time on my hands. So, um, yeah, you know, done some relaxing, done some extra work. Um, yeah, just kind of hanging out a little bit more. I haven't got a nap in, I need to get a nap in. Yeah, like that's a, good a to-do nap. item when like you one of those naps where you wake up mm-hmm. and you don't know what year it is. Like I need one of those. <laughs> like, like you <laughs> can't think like, straight for about four hours after. Yeah, you feel hungover. You're like, like, I think, I think I slept happened? for 40 minutes. And then you look at the clock and you've lost three hours and you're like, yeah. what happened? You're like, I am so and confused. You... <laughs> I need one of those. <laughs> What's my name? <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to lift my head Who am I? properly. Yeah. Matt's but... so funny because now that I've been working from home, mm-hmm. he harps on me about the afternoon nap. He's like that is the best gift if you can set your own schedule and you can take that post lunch nap and he always talks about when he was able to do that you know how awesome it was but i i'm not a great napper even oh. when i've been in peak training i mean i have to be really exhausted to Mm. to really crash out in a nap, but usually I just kind of lay there. I'll force myself just to lay there, you know, put on some white noise, close my eyes and just kind of drift and relax for 30 minutes or something and see, Mm -hmm. see what happens. But rarely do I fall asleep. Yeah. So yeah, I think you should do that though. I should. I need to build that in maybe this afternoon. Mm -hmm. I've got Mm -hmm. some flexibility this afternoon. So maybe, yeah, that'd be all right. Do Do it. Yes. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing we're, okay. Yeah, we're looking ahead at 
the move and trying, I'm still trying to figure out where to start with the mm-hmm. boxing and packing. And I've, you know, started selling off a few things that I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like moving this to the other house just because we don't use it. So we're going to sell it off. Nice. Um, we have house guests this week, which is a nice change. Our friends Fine. came from, they live in Tucson now, but they are from Bend. And so they were spending the summer in Bend and then kind of driving, doing road trip stuff. They have a camper van. So, so they're here and, you know, cyclist friends. So we get to kind of show them Boise and, um, it's been really fun. It's, it's the opposite of what you're saying. Like when you all of a sudden have like all this time to yourself Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like, what do I do? And how boring Mm -hmm. am I? Um, we have just all of this energy in our house, you know, like there's four of us now and just talking and, and like, yeah. And we're all really big on food. And so there's lots of things going on in the kitchen and it's been really fun actually for, I think for Matt and I, just to Mm -hmm. have like these other people, it's been pretty easy, you know, considering our house is kind of small, it's just, it's working, it's flowing really well. And, um, it's just nice. You know, we, we've wanted to have more house guests and do more of that stuff, but obviously COVID has put a huge, um, damper on that, but now it's nice to have, you know, fully vaccinated friends that can come and share a household. So nice. Good. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. And they're vegan. And so I'm learning some Ooh. new cool products. I mean, I realize that I have a lot of recipes that we have in our regular rotation that are vegan. So I started thinking about like, well, what kind of stuff can we make, you know, for dinners and everything. And mm-hmm. last night we had seitan. Have you ever had that? I have not. It's vital wheat gluten. Right. And the texture is very much like a meaty kind of texture. Like okay. you can cook it up with a sauce or a marinade and it, it really will taste like a meat. Kind Is of it thing like a, it. like a brick, like tofu kind of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's, um, the texture is much more dense and to okay. me, it almost tastes like Matt was smelling it as they were cooking last night. He's like, it smells like hot dogs in here. So I'm like, you know, actually the texture is somewhat like that, like that ground up and then formed into a, you know, okay. shape. Um, okay but you can flavor it however you want. And, um, they call it Satan. And so they, when they first got here and they're like, well, we can make some Satan for dinner. And I'm like, Oh, really? (laughs) And I was like, you mean Satan? So anytime they say Satan, I'm just like, (laughs) that's awesome. It's good. Good Good stuff. Well, good. I'm glad you're having that. That's fun. It's always fun to have. Yeah. Yeah. It is good. And I'm like, if you guys had come one month later, you'd have your own in-suite bathroom and your own shower and, you know, but we'd have a garage for all the bikes, but it's cool. We'll make do. What's your move date? The 27th is the official move date. That's coming. So up. the seller is going to be out of the house earlier than that. So we'll probably make a couple, you know, trips over. And, um, I like to move the kitchen surprise. Mm-hmm. This is a total shocker that Aaron is really type a about her kitchen, but I like to like load up the dishes or type a the- about anything. I know. So weird. Aaron and her spreadsheets and all the stuff, right? That's me, my lists. So oh, yeah. I like to box up and move the kitchen stuff, the dishes and you know, whatever, and just kind of have mm-hmm. that settled. Um, we've been fortunate enough to live in places where we could do that, where I can just make a few trips, you know, in my car and the kitchen is moved. Um, and then of course, like, you know, the clothing and like, there's just the daily things that you would normally use and then let the movers take care of the, the big items. So we'll do a little bit of that, but yeah, end of August and it'll be good. We're excited. Heck yeah. Yay. Big stuff. I know. Yeah. That's super exciting. All grown up. (laughs) I grow up so fast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, before we jump in, um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to, I don't know who this, I don't know if you know who they are, but the healthcoach.ca. Do you know who that is on Instagram? Oh, no. I, I don't know who runs that account, but I okay. did see it. So whoever shout you are, out. Yeah. I, we appreciate you, um, Sharon Middleish. Um, super awesome. We love it when people do that. Um, glad you're finding value in what we do and enough value to say, hey, other people uh, might want to check this out. We really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, like, you know, like we're 
saying here at the top of the show every every week now uh please share this podcast you know share it with on your feed share it with someone directly who uh, might connect with a specific topic um you know subscribe rate review all that stuff it really helps us get the message of middleish out um and if you'd like to sponsor us on a monthly basis you can via the link below um, if you want to be a longer term sponsor with a product or business that you have that uh, would align with our middleish concept um, shoot us an email at g uh not gmail gmail at middleish.com middleish <laughs> at gmail.com we'd love to talk with you about that so yeah. thank you for all your support everybody we really appreciate it Yes. It's, it's always fun to get some interaction from our listeners as well. Mm -hmm. So when we hear from you, you know, on Instagram, or sometimes we'll get comments on YouTube or Mm -hmm. something, um, that's always, always helpful for us to get feedback and suggestions. And, and we love just knowing that we're connecting with somebody on the other end. Cause Michael and I just sit here and stare at each other and talk every Wednesday, which is fun. I enjoy Aaron loves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Michael's like, Oh God, I got to sit with the type A co-host again. Here we go. What's her bullet list going to oh, look like no, this no, week? No, I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, so it's nice to hear that there's, you know, mm-hmm. someone on the other end and it's received. And yeah. I, I love running into people just here in Boise that are like, Oh yeah, I listened to mm-hmm. this episode and I heard this and, Oh, it was so great when you talked about this. And so, um, yeah, we love it. So we thank you listeners. Yeah, stick it around. Keep it up. Yeah. So today, I think that today's topic is falling in a really um, interesting place in pop culture because the Olympics are going on. And I think that this topic relates to a lot of the things we've seen in the Olympics so far. Um, So we're going to talk about what it means to fail or what the word fail, putting that in air quotes, because I think there are a lot of ways to look at failure, Mm -hmm. what the word fail means when you tell yourself that you failed, when you believe that you failed, or when somebody else kind of imparts that belief on you. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to dive into this. Yes, we are prepared to get perspectivized. It's kind of a fun word to say. It is a bullshit word, but I kind of like it. (laughs) Hey, you know what? That's the thing is words are only like kind of nonsensical until enough people use them. And then all of a sudden they're adopted. Like right? unfriended. As... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine like, yeah, like as a kid being like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing with him anymore. I unfriended him. It's just like my personal <laughs> life. I know. Back in the eighties, our parents would have been like, what does that even mean? <laughs> oh. Yeah. So you brought up a good point. I think, um, the, the, the word failure, I think, can can mean a lot of different things. And I think even for me, I think it has uh, different meanings depending on kind of how I'm using it. And that may not be super accurate but I or consistent, but I think mm-hmm. that's just, I think it's important to to look at it a few different ways because it is, there's, a, there's an actual definition and then there's uh, the definition we kind of attach to it emotionally with our mm-hmm. efforts, right. That maybe we need a different perspective on. And so I will talk through a few different, I think, ways that we can look at failure and what it is and maybe tease out some different ways that we can, um, have our own definitions of it that apply to specific situations. Do you know what the, the definition of failure is like the dictionary definition? I do. And I haven't memorized. And you know why? Cause I looked it up about six minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> I looked it up 30 seconds ago. So oh, okay. tell me what you It found. was hard to memorize. Cause it's three whole words. I know. <laughs> Ready? Here it is. Lack of success. Mm-hmm. And then the definition below that is the omission of expected or required action which is an interesting one because mm-hmm. when you look at lack of success, man, that again, like we'll talk about the Olympics because I think there are several examples of this already, but the lack of success is, I mean, maybe it, it's tied to expectation when people think this is what success looks like to me. Yeah. But if you ask like in the athletic realm, if you ask somebody before a competition, like what would success look like? to you. I think a lot of athletes would say something like, 
giving it my all or doing the very Mm -hmm. best I can, or, you know, maybe they have process oriented kind of goals or that kind of thing. Maybe they have outcome goals. I want to podium, I want to win or whatever. I want to beat this time, my PR or something. So then if you don't hit those measures or one of those measures, is that a lack of success? Right. Like, do you tell yourself that you failed and how do you keep perspective on that? How do you actually look at the broader scope of what you maybe did accomplish? Maybe like the Mm -hmm. overall outcome goal or something wasn't, maybe you fell short on those things, but was there success in the process somewhere along the way? It's really interesting kind of to dig into that. It is. And I think as we talk about failure as a lack of success, we have to then define what success is. Exactly. Yeah. And, and beyond a dictionary term, I think we have to look at as individual people for me, for you, for, you know, you individually as a listener, what does, what is success going to mean to you? And so I think failure and success both become pretty quickly real personal things Mm -hmm. and not things that we can paint with a broad brush, you know, uh, with broad strokes of, well, this is what it is when we get into terms of actions and behaviors and consistency and that kind of thing. Um, So it's, there's a lot of fluidity here. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think there will be as we get into this um, and, and a lot of just us needing to adopt this in personal ways of what does this mean to me? What, what does success look like to me, not mm-hmm. to other was others expectations or anything like that, but my own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the second part of the definition, the omission of expected or required action, mm-hmm. um, that to me is a little bit more, uh, pointed in, you know, the action that's required to, you know, achieve a goal or to, you know, reach an expected outcome, you know, whether this is like work performance or something like that. So the omission of expected or required action, well, who's expecting it, you or someone else, that's really important. And then the requirement piece is also important because I mean, there are some things that are totally black and white when it comes to sport or life or work, um, you know, a weight goal. If somebody has a weight goal, you either met that weight goal or you didn't. And so you can kind of get to that black and white. Like, did I meet the, you know, required, did I take the action required to meet this goal at the same time? I think, you know, just back to the definition of success, there are so many different steps along the way and so many different ways to look at this. And I think another thing we'll talk about is what you do when you totally embrace that you have failed at whatever you set out to do. How do you move beyond that? How do you cope with it? What do you tell yourself to get through it? I think that is a really important discussion too. And I, I mean, just knowing us, we're, we're going to get there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> do you, do you find it hard? Well, maybe hard. It's not the right word. Tricky maybe to kind of have conversations with clients around failure. I don't think it's tricky actually, because, um, I, personally have dealt with a lot of situations, especially in my athletic career where I felt like I failed and I internalized it. And I like had to go through that really messy and frustrating process of just completely owning my failure. And it totally sucks to do that. Y'all I'm, (laughs) I mean, it really does suck when you're like, okay, I let myself down. Like forget about everybody else. If I didn't meet my own expectations and I know that I had control over some of this, or I, I actually dropped the ball. I, I can be super hard on myself. Um, and I have had to find ways to overcome it, whether that is talking through with people that I know have, a valuable perspective and have been there and understand what I'm going through, whether that is my husband or a good friend or, you know, parent coach, anybody close to me that would have a really good perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I'm confronted with that conversation with a client, I try my best to validate their feeling of, wow, you didn't reach whatever this very specific goal or outcome that you've been working on that really sucks that you fell short of that or that this happened and you've 
felt like you've let yourself down or you've let people down. I think that's a totally valid feeling. And it's really important to acknowledge instead of moving too quickly into, oh, no, you didn't. No, look at this, blah, blah, blah. Because then that person is probably still caught in that state of feeling super let down and inadequate. And I think it's important to first say like, okay, I can see, I see you and I am hearing what you're saying and you're feeling like a failure right now. And you're feeling like you fell short. All right. This is why, like, let's Mm -hmm. kind of examine and dig into that and make sure that that is all kind of aired. And now let's start like talking through some of those individual pieces. And eventually I've found when I talk through some of those very specific and kind of dig in, we either find little nuggets of success in there or little Mm -hmm. things that you're like, Oh, okay. It wasn't as bad as I thought, or you actually come up with some solutions and something I'll, I'll listen for talk. Like I should have done this, or if only I had done this, or next time I'm going to do that. I listen for that kind of change talk and grab onto it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So you just said this, that's Mm -hmm. what we're going to work on next. So that's yeah. how I navigate those discussions. They're not fun to have because you're yeah. like, oh shit, I feel you. Like it totally mm-hmm. sucks, but, mm-hmm. but that's, that's my approach. Yeah. I find it tricky initially, just, just in making sure that when I'm talking about the word failure, mm-hmm. I have my definition of what I'm speaking to. And my client has their definition of what we're speaking to. And so establishing, making sure that we have common ground there, or that if we don't, that they know what I'm referring to when I speak of failure, and that I know what they're referring to, just because a lot of times those things are mismatched, Mm -hmm. because we all have our own definition of what that means and what it implies for our efforts and our way forward and that kind of stuff. And so sometimes I think that can be a little bit tricky, because it's like, you're two different thoughts, but we're using the same identifier. And so I think sometimes that can be a little tricky to navigate. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Do you usually like share with a client? Like, okay, when I think of failure, this is what I think about, or do you kind of listen to what they're saying first and then start matching up those perspectives? Um, yeah. I mean, I usually give them my perspective of, of what I see failure as, Mm-hmm. And, and kind of how I define it. So that way, that way, if I use that word, um, they know what I mean. And then mm-hmm. if I use it, I kind of reiterate, like, remember, this is what I mean, because I need yeah. you to know how I'm using this word. I also, you know, over the last probably couple of years, I try to use it a lot less just because mm-hmm. it can be such a loaded term for people. And yeah. I think, I think a lot of times for people, failure means like a tent ending, like I've ruined things yes, and agreed. there's no, there's no like getting back to where I was. It's very definite. Like this is it. It's very black and white, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I don't think there's, I mean, sure. If you had a goal of doing, you know, X by this date or whatever. Okay. We can say you failed to meet that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't fail, but maybe we failed to meet this deadline. Okay. Those are different things. But I, yeah. I, I try not to use the word failure a lot when it's in terms of like consistency with habits or, you know, that kind of stuff, just because I think a lot of times, even when I've established, this is what I'm meaning, people hear it and it's like, oh, failure, failure, yes. failure. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I try not to use it as much as I used to, just because I think, I think it communicates often, not always, but it often communicates this like this point where people reach in their journeys and have reached a bunch where yeah. it's like, I've, I've ruined things so much that I, it's just time to give up. And then maybe yeah. in a year or two, I get the courage to try again mm-hmm. versus my definition of failure is, well, things maybe didn't go the way we thought they would, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean we can't continue to like, maybe right. we didn't have success yet. We're still moving towards that and we're still teasing out these things. And, and I, I try to be, I try to be really, um, like relentlessly optimistic, you know, like, I I think it's really important and I'm sure you're this way too, but as a coach to, like you said, like, let's acknowledge where you're at and what you're feeling because glossing over feelings at all is a really crappy experience. Right. Right. So let's acknowledge we feel this way, but also like, I think very often 
maybe not all the time, but very often when people feel like this experience or this weekend or vacation or whatever was a failure, there's often things where like, but look at this and either here's some things that went really well in that, that are steps forward or, okay, so this maybe, maybe all of this feels like a negative, but what are things we can pull out of this to use as strategies in the future? Because now we've gone through this experience with your new perspective and knowledge and awareness of yourself and mindfulness and stuff. And we get to apply these things to the next time. And so we're learning, and this is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like now we know some things to implement that we didn't know before. So, okay, we can call it failure or we can say, Hey, I know things now. I know more about myself and how I'm going to respond in certain circumstances. And we can better plan for that in the future. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm reminded of last weekend when Matt and I headed out to go camping and Mm -hmm. we explored a new area and we had in our minds where we were going to camp. We'll just find a place along the river. And we had sort of our loose plan of where we're going to be and how we're going to get there and everything. And it totally did not turn out that way. And we ended up taking a totally different route because there was no camping and everything was full. And then we drove a lot longer than we had planned to that day. So we didn't get to camp until late. And then it was not the ideal camp setup, but we, you know, so I found myself getting into that space of like, damn, this is just not working out the way we had wanted. And I'm a planner and type a, you can imagine I'm like, when things don't go that way, I can be adaptable and flexible, but at the same time, I'm like, I have to let go of that expectation or plan that I had and be like, okay, let's go with the flow. Like, let's just see what's around this corner. Um, and so we did find a great place to camp. We had some really good riding. Um, the next night was another kind of exploration. We don't know where we're camping. We don't know where we're going. And we ended up, you know, sort of in a place where I wanted to go jump in the lake and then we get there and it's super busy and there's boats everywhere. And there's all these dogs and kids and Matt's just like, like this isn't what we had in mind. <laughs> and so part of me is wanting to sort of joke and lament about what a complete failure this weekend was because mm-hmm. it was so far from what we had envisioned and planned that we're like, oh my gosh, this, this did not work out the way we wanted. Yeah. At the same time, I like to ask the question, like if somebody says I failed or it was a complete failure, Mm -hmm. follow that up with in what way, like, tell me specifically Mm -hmm. what the failures were or why you view it that way. And when I do that to myself, all of a sudden I'm like, well, we still got some great gravel riding in. That was a goal of ours. We still camped you know, we, we did get to go swimming. We, we got to see some really cool wildlife, you know, I mean, we just, we got to know a different road and a different system and loop than we had originally. And so I'm like you, that kind of relentless optimism of there has to be, and always having a lesson. I actually, I have a little notebook. I think I've showed you this before. Mm -hmm. This is never a failure, always a lesson. Mm -hmm. And that's how I try and approach those things is just to remind myself that there are other ways to look at this and not everything about this situation is a complete and utter failure. Um, there has to be something that is either a lesson or that actually was a success, maybe Mm -hmm. an unforeseen success, maybe Mm -hmm. it didn't align with what you had envisioned or expected, but it's a success nonetheless. Right. And you bring up a great point about that adaptability. Because I think, I think a lot of, a lot of times the reason people feel like they failed is because success was a very specific thing and had to look Mm -hmm. a very specific way, right? It's gotta be this little tiny thing. And that's the only option. That's all success is. And uh, maybe this is a spoiler alert alert for people, but (laughs) as coaches, like, I mean, I got, I won't speak for you for me as a coach, I think oftentimes what's out there in the future. We're like, I don't know. (laughs) Let's see. Yeah. You want a timeline? I can't give you one because there are a million variables, right? Like how, Mm -hmm. how quickly can I do X? I don't know. 
Because there's yeah. a million things that are going to impact that. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in my own life, let alone yours, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know I don't know how challenging it's going to be to build consistency at first. I don't know how mm-hmm. quickly you're going to integrate these habits into your life. And so for me, it's like, if, if success can only be a very specific thing, then we're probably going to feel like we're failing often, mm-hmm. right? Because it's really hard to know how a specific thing at what point that's going to be presented to us, or we're going to get there or whatever. But if success can be, you know, adaptable and flexible, and we can maneuver and pivot because we don't know what the future holds at all. Well, then we can start looking at success in, in a lot of different ways, because maybe it's not, we did X by this date, but, but we did do these things. We have established these things. And these are roadblocks to getting there, you know? And so if we can, and I, I know this isn't easy, but if we can expand our, our vision on what success can be, and if we can keep it from being such a very specific, you know, thing and mm-hmm. be open to it being other things and changing and morphing and that kind of stuff. Well, then I think, um, I think failure doesn't have such a strong hold over us and doesn't have, has less of an ability to be this really like attempt ending thing because success can look like a lot of different things. Like you're talking about with your trip, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't what you wanted. And if it only could be that, then sure it was a failure, but if it can be other things where it's like, wow, we explored new spaces and we got this and this, oh, success just looked different than I thought it was going to, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you ever had a situation where you can, you can confidently say like, whoa, this was, this was a huge failure, like all around. And you either completely shifted your goal or left whatever activity or like pursuit of that thing behind, because you were like, yeah, this totally was not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah. I've had that a lot in my business, you know, yeah. I mean, like courses that I've attempted to launch or uh-huh. new, new avenues, that just completely flop. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating and it pisses me off and it sucks to do a bunch of work and have something be wildly unsuccessful. Like, sure. It's frustrating, but it's also an opportunity for me to go, why didn't it work? Mm -hmm. Like what went wrong here? And that's not an easy thing. And sure. I I probably sulk and I'm kind of pissy for a day or two when stuff like that happens, because it is really frustrating. And it's okay yeah. to feel the things you feel and it's okay to be frustrated and that kind of stuff. But I think there's often things that I can take from that and apply to future attempts. Right. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that specific thing, quote unquote, failed. But if I use the knowledge that's there for me to take into the future, well, then did it really fail? Or did I just learn some things that I needed to learn to be able to do this better? Yep. And, and I, I think, think it's often the latter. That very point is a really important one as well, that when we feel failure very acutely, this is the goal. This is the timeline I had. This is what I envisioned happening. And I didn't reach this or, you know, I've whatever, I lost my job or I failed to complete this project or whatever it is. It might be that right now you interpret that as a failure Mm -hmm. and you see it as a failure. It might take you a quite a bit of time, months or even years before you look back on that and see it as a door opening or see Mm -hmm. it as something that you learned from. I mean, I think of something like divorce too, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a super hard, Mm -hmm. um, process for people to go through emotionally, financially, just thinking about your life trajectory and it gets completely derailed. It totally throws people into a tailspin yet. I have so many friends who are divorcees, Matt's a divorcee, you're a divorcee. Mm -hmm. And just who now can look back on that and be like, whoa, okay. I've grown and learned so much because of that Mm -hmm. instance. And Matt is very gracious to himself in saying, like he jokes around, like I, I chose poorly. That's what he (laughs) says about his first wife. (laughs) I chose poorly, poorly. (laughs) but he also, I can see in him that growth that came out of a very Mm -hmm. difficult 
quote, failure such as that, where he now has a very different perspective on how to take care of himself and how to communicate needs and all of those things. So I think sometimes that's an important thing to keep in mind. Of course, it never helps when someone says, oh, you'll look back on this and you'll be so grateful. Oh, gag. It's not helpful, even though it's it's probably true most of the time. Yes. But sometimes true things are not helpful, at least in the moment. Yeah, not yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point because I think we often, what we do is we take a failure in the micro and now, mm-hmm. and we apply it to the macro, right? Mm-hmm. Like we go, okay, I didn't do this in this moment in time. And so guess what I am in the grand scheme of things? I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa. I mean, I, I, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but like, and with a lot of love, but like, let's, let's pull back the drama a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, no, like not even a little bit like, like this. I mean, life is so long. I know. know. And, and, and it's, it's such a, an abuse of the circumstance. I think when we, when we take that failure in, in the moment, and we apply it in this grand scheme, right? Like it's just, it's a terrible thing to do to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's really ugly because what we're, what we're saying is, okay, this little moment that doesn't stop anything, right? I mean, it, there's no reason if you failed on a Tuesday, you can't move back into steps to move forward on Wednesday, yeah. right? That this is now this a defining moment for us. And I think we often treat it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. We, 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 it, it, it wasn't this very specific thing. And so I failed. And because I failed, obviously I'm not supposed to do this Mm -hmm. versus like, I mean, you know, I think about like, you know, listening to like successful entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. like most of these people have had so many business attempts that failed, like have gone bankrupt, like over and over and over. And Mm -hmm they could say, okay, apparently I suck as an entrepreneur, but I think what the successful ones do is they go, okay, what can I learn? What, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Right. Like, where did this go wrong? What does this have to provide for me to, Mm -hmm. to apply to my next attempt so that I can do that better and have a better chance of my success being long-term, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and too often, I think we just, we treat these moments as these very significant moments when a lot of times they really aren't, they're just a thing that happened. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not even failure. It's just a thing that happened. I know. And, and not to disregard again, like you said, don't disregard your feelings in the Mm -hmm. moment. It's totally okay to be, you know, depressed, frustrated, angry, um, feeling all of those things, like acknowledge that and give yourself Mm -hmm. the the time to process it, especially if it's a big life altering kind of event. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's very minimal events. Sometimes it's really big ones give yourself the space to process it, um, and move through it, but Mm -hmm. also some perspective on the, the longer, the long game, you know, the long-term vision and, and how this might feel or impact you in a year, in five years, whatever. Right. Um, and that kind of leads to the discussion of how do we move beyond failure and how do we kind of move through this? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you've already mentioned several things, which one is sort of what you tell yourself. What is the, and I love Brene Brown again, the story Mm -hmm. I tell myself is, you know, so I will sometimes pause and be like, what is the story I'm telling myself about this situation? Like, what am I weaving in my head versus what's the reality here? And what are the facts that I'm seeing? You know, do I have actual tangible evidence to pin this down as a failed attempt or a failure? Is there a different way that I can take what I have now and move in a different direction or adjust my expectations or adjust the timeline? I mean, sometimes it really is just like sending a quick email or request Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I didn't have time to finish this by this date. Can we, you know, can I get back to you next week? Or I'm still working on wrapping this up, you know? So I mean, things like that, that I just, mm-hmm. I'll get really hard on myself. Like, oh, I wanted to have this done. And then I'm like, who's putting this pressure on? Where's the pressure coming from, Aaron? Right. Usually it's from myself and my own, yeah. the story I've told myself about the situation. So exactly. I think the, the self-talk can help asking for 
assistance or for grace from someone, if it's like, say a work-related project or whatever. Um, and then, you know, when we talk about diet and exercise goals with people, and often they feel like they fail if they, you know, are on a roll for a week or two and then they, or a month, and then all of a sudden life happens and, oh, I failed because I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. You've pointed out some really great examples of, well, but you chose to do these things for yourself instead. And that actually is a win. And mm-hmm. I'd rather see you succeed in those areas and let this one slide. So it's, it's often broadening that, that perspective. So they 100%. see all yeah. of the things they're working on. Absolutely. Well, and I think we're so good. I mean, I think we, maybe society imposes this on us probably, but I think too, we kind of reinforce this in ourselves is we, we look for the negatives a lot, right? We look for how we fell short and then those become kind of everything. Mm-hmm. Like for example, this, this isn't a specific situation with a client, but it's a bunch of specific situations. Like I have this happen frequently, right? So like, mm-hmm. let's say someone's in a good groove with things, right? They're, they're eating more fruits and vegetables. They're, they're in a regular routine with exercise. They're feeling really good and they go on a trip. Okay. And they go on that trip and they don't exercise because they're on vacation. Fine. I don't tend to exercise when I'm on vacation either. Maybe once in a while, but usually not. Right. And they eat less regularly, uh, you know, the way they've been eating, maybe some more times out to eat and um, some extra, you know, ice cream, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And then they come back and they just feel like I've, I've failed, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm so out of sync with where I was. But then when I begin to talk to them, like it's, it's not at all uncommon for them to say things like, yeah, you know, I was mindful when we were at restaurants of what I was ordering, you know, mm-hmm. um, when we had that ice cream, I really made sure that I enjoyed it. You know, like I was yeah. just connecting with the experience and, um, you know, I was conscious about being more active, even though I didn't exercise, we went on hikes and stuff like that. And, and so you begin to talk to them about this failure, this colossal failure, right. Of a week mm-hmm. or whatever. And you start to go, Oh, wait. So maybe what really happened is this vacation was a lot more successful than vacations in the past. And then yes. it would have been, had we not been doing this work and you implemented things like listening to your body and your fullness cues and, and making sure you had some fruits and vegetables in the day and really being mindful and enjoying, you know, ice cream, whatever. So this sounds like a huge win to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and it's hard to identify those things sometimes because we are so focused on, it wasn't X, it wasn't this. Yeah. So there's no good in it where it's like, I think an important question is, okay, it wasn't X, but what was it? Yeah. What was it yeah. that's outside of what you're allowing it to be? That are some really powerful, important things. Mm-hmm. And, and that happens a lot, you yep. know? And so it, one. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Cause it's like, I mean, same it's thing. real frequent. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. And so if we can, if we can, and this takes time for sure, but sort of just like dedicate ourselves to looking at what, what does this experience have for me? Or what was it for me that is outside of what I typically allow experiences to be? Can I, like you said, broaden my horizons a little bit and, and let some other things in and see how maybe there were some successes in this thing. Maybe there were some really good things that I did. Maybe I was successful in ways that I'm not, uh, giving myself, um, credit for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is a great segue into another step of how do I move beyond failure Mm -hmm. or the beyond that is to talk with someone, get another perspective. You know, of course, Michael and I work with clients on this all the time. And so that is part of our job and clients know that they can always come to us Mm -hmm. and say, oh my gosh, this is what happened. You know, help, help talk me back from the ledge or, you know, help me through this. Um, but man, I, I get just as much value and perspective out of going to a a friend or an expert in whatever field it is that Mm -hmm. I'm struggling, um, or just talking through it with, uh, somebody who knows me really well and figuring out like why, you know, kind of, why am I sort of stuck in this mode of 
believing that I failed. And Mm -hmm. there's some vulnerability. There's some big time vulnerability to approaching that conversation with the acknowledgement that I fell short and this feels really crummy right now. Many people will just completely deviate and steer another direction and just throw it away and be like, okay, fine. I'm done with that. Like, I'm not even going to talk about it. But I think if you find a way to lean into it and really examine it, it, it can be scary and uncomfortable and all of those things. And it brings the emotions to the surface, but then it also provides you with a lot of really different perspectives and, Mm -hmm. and a path to move forward. So if you have like a big financial failure, like you were saying, you know, there are a lot of business owners that have like gone bankrupt multiple times before they hit it big. I'm sure that those people leaned into their failures in the past and looked at like, okay, what, what happened here? What could I do differently? Or where can I put my energy in a positive way coming Mm -hmm. out of this experience? You know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good one is to talk, talk through it, you know, with, whoever, whoever can Mm -hmm. be helpful in that realm is a, is a really good way to move beyond that, that experience of failure. Absolutely. Completely agree. I I think often, um, those conversations with someone who, who has the ability to either knows you well enough or has the ability to kind of latch on to like, well, but what about this and this and this, because you said these things, but you said them like they didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We need, we need to acknowledge these things too. We don't just get to acknowledge this stuff, you know? And I think things like that, talking with people in those situations and, and just honestly doing some dedicated work to it. I I think if we can take quote unquote failure and not treat it as an end, Mm -hmm. but an event, you know, then we can begin to take away some of that power, a lot of that power that that failure can have over yeah. us. Um, and maybe ask yourselves like, okay, so if, if, if this is, if I treat this as an a, attempt ending event, what does that mean for me tomorrow and next week mm-hmm. and for the next year? Totally. If I, if I treat this as a, not even the a bump, end. not even it's a bump done. in the road, but just a part of this process, then what does this have for me? And what does that mean? for tomorrow and the next week and the next year, because I, I do think, I mean, I think for anyone, I mean, let's talk specifically like your health journey, but in any journey, really like quote unquote failure, the journey is riddled with it. Like (laughs) it's it's just a bunch of it coming, you know? And if we, if we expect to move forward and never quote unquote fail, then every time we do, we're going to assume we're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. where maybe every time we do, it's a chance for us to learn and adapt and pivot and do mm-hmm. things differently. Yeah. Because I, I think, I think it's really important that we don't treat like failure as like this right wall in front of us that we just can't get around. It's mm-hmm. like this thing we got to navigate and understand better before we can move forward. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of times embracing it and seeing what it has to offer for us is how we move past it. Otherwise yeah. we just keep coming up against the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. And get to know yourself too. like tap into your strengths when it comes to these kinds of situations, because some people are problem solvers. They're very analytical. They want to make bullet lists and spreadsheets. I don't know who that would be, but maybe we know somebody kind of like that. So (laughs) some people are very emotive and they're feelers and they've got to like, let the emotions out some people are super introspective and they need to process internally. They need to get away from people and maybe go like backpacking for a weekend or, mm-hmm. you know, go do a spa day and just not talk to anybody. Like, I mean, whatever it takes for you to sort of process what's going on, I think get to know yourself and get to know what, what strengths do you have? Because the other part of this is when we are talking about these failures, I mean, first of all, no human being is a quote failure. Like you don't label yourself as a failure. There are failures that happen in life and there are events as you've um, pointed out, but if you get to know yourself and your own strengths and 
you know, things that you can leverage in those times of difficulty, you always have those things regardless of what situation you're in. And so you can tell yourself, well, you know, but I'm a really good problem solver, or I have a great sense of humor. I can, you know, laugh about this, or, um, I'm a really great friend. I can go help somebody out and do something. And that actually makes me feel good. And so that'll be a way to cope, you know, so you can tell yourself the type of person you are, and that doesn't change based on these hiccups that you encounter along the way. So I think that's another thing is just really knowing yourself and, Mm -hmm. and, telling yourself, be your own cheerleader, tell yourself, this is the type of person I am. And this is why I'll be able to get through this. Absolutely. Yeah. No. So like that. Have you been following the Olympics? I have to talk about the Olympics. (laughs) I'm like, I'm loving it. Do you want me to be honest? You're not following it at all. Not even a little bit. Have you heard about Simone Biles? Yes. Okay. I was like, you, you've been under a rock if you haven't heard anything. (laughs) about Simone Biles. I have heard about this. Yes. (laughs) So yesterday she won the bronze. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can't be a spoiler by this point because it's headlines all over the place. She won the bronze on the balance beam after pulling herself out of competition on all of the major ones that she, I mean, has won gold medals in Mm -hmm. and was favorited to win. And, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get into the you know, armchair experts out there who are criticizing her decision. What I think is really important. I'm watching her do the balance beam and I'm just watching her expression, her reaction when she realizes she's actually going to meddle in this event that she's not even really favored to, it's not like her strongest event. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering like, wow, is she more proud of this bronze medal than maybe some of her gold medals just because of what it took for her to actually. So she came to the Olympics and then she had a great interview with uh, Mike Torino talking about, or Tariko, sorry, talking about when she came into these games, what kind of what she had hoped would happen in terms of medal wins and performances. And she's like, it's not what I hoped would happen, but I'm so proud of what I have accomplished here. Mm -hmm. And to me, I mean, we, none of us know, um, for sure what she is going through internally and really what her mindset is, but just hearing her discuss and kind of process some of this stuff verbally, I'm like, man, that's a really great example of taking what must be the highest expectations. She's had a ton of pressure on herself because she is like the it Olympian for Mm -hmm. the U S And coming into the games with all of that tremendous expectation and pressure, people would look at it like an utter failure, like this most decorated gymnast in history doesn't even compete in these, you know, different events that she's favorited to gold and all of this stuff. Yet it's a prime example of, okay, this thing didn't happen that maybe everybody else and maybe even I expected to happen, but these things happened. And I'm really proud of this. And this was a huge success. I think that was a, I mean, I love that story. And I just, I mean, I love Simone Biles and everything Mm -hmm. that she has stood for and and presented. Um, She's amazing. And then I have two other Olympic stories that I have to share. Can I chime in on on her real quick? Please. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know this because I can't speak for her, Uh, but I, I think there's a good chance that she might, okay, I think that there's a chance that she might feel that her honoring what she truly needed, right, for her mental health is more of a success than ignoring that and getting the gold. Yeah, I, I think there's a really good chance of that because of how she did it and how she approached it and how she put that at such a high priority. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think this is this is a good uh, way to help manage failure, quote unquote failure is, do we choose what is good for us, truly good for us over what we've expected? Mm -hmm. Right. And because if we, I think we would, we tend to say, no, I choose the expectation regardless the cost. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's people's responses. Like, or screw- just follow through. Like, yeah. I just, I follow through yeah. because yeah. this S- was the plan. Screw your mental health. Do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And I think that's, we apply that to ourselves, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if this is wearing me down. I feel like shit. Da, da, da. I, I have this expectation for myself or other people have it of me. So I do that. Yeah. And, and I think if, if that conflicts with, with what you feel um, is truly healthy for you, it's, it's truly about self-care, then we've got a real problem there. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And you're exactly right. Like some of this is weighing off the, the weighing the trade-off because either direction, there's going to probably be some form of regret, failure, guilt, you know, disappointment, whatever it is. So either choice you make, there's probably going to be a piece of yourself that you're not serving. Okay. It's up to the individual to make that that decision. Right. And this is, you know, kind of, I mean, the, hopefully the overarching umbrella of this entire discussion is for you to determine what you define as a success or failure, what pieces of each event and decision do you define as success and failure? And Mm -hmm. how can you process this in the best way that serves you? Because it's wildly personal. Yeah. And there's, of course, there's all kinds of things you have to think about, you know, I mean, yeah, you probably, I mean, in some instances, there's financial obligations where you're, mm-hmm. you're part of a team and you have to honor certain things. You're maybe you're under contract for certain things. Maybe you have like family obligations and you have to really put some of those ahead of, you know, your personal, you know, needs in the moment. But I think there's always room for you to have some wiggle room and adjustment and decision-making in, in each of those, you know, whatever it is, whether it's like daily, you know, diet, nutrition, exercise kinds of choices, or whether it's like big life choices, like moving to a new city or taking a big job or getting married or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the two more, there was one, um, in swimming, Katie Ledecky, amazing, amazing swimmer. She's arguably the, the best female swimmer of all time. Mm -hmm. She was, I'm going to, Oh, it's 800. It was 800 meter. And she had a fellow American teammate that was racing in that race with her. And of course, Katie Ledecky is favored just because she is like the queen in the pool. And she ended up getting silver and her, um, compatriot, the other American swimmer. And I, I hate that. I can't remember her name won the gold It was mm-hmm. amazing. And it was super fun race to watch because there was a lot of like, you know, jostling and all this stuff sure. going back and forth. Of course, people would look at that and be like, Oh, Katie, you know, again, the expectation, she's a gold medalist. She's like such a dominating force in the pool. Yet in her interview, she was like, that was one of my best times ever in the 800 meters. Like she, she was stoked. I mean, of course you want to come in and get a gold medal. Mm -hmm. She arguably had probably a gold medal performance. It's just that on that day, someone else was faster. So, you know, it just, to Mm. me, that was another perspective. Like, well, this other person's success doesn't mean that Katie failed. It means she Uh, still had success. It just didn't play out in a gold medal. It mm-hmm. played out in, in one of the best times she's ever swum. And this is a girl who's broken world records. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this isn't, you know, it wasn't a failure. And she, she really was like, I, that was a great time for me. Like she was totally, um, you know, gracious about it and, and seemed very pleased with a silver medal. Mm-hmm. So that was another story. And then there and are I two wonder- high- just to chime yeah. in on that real quick. Sorry, I get I, all excited. No, 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 about no, no. I just, I just wanted to talk that specifically. I, I think it would be easier for us to say like, well, sure. It's easy for her to be happy with that because of the level she's at and mm-hmm. whatever. But I would challenge that maybe she's gotten as far down the road as she has because she's been open to success, looking like yeah. a bunch of different things and grabbing yeah. hold of every bit of success that she can along the way. Yeah. And having that attitude and perspective of, man, you know, I gave it everything. And she said, I swam as hard as I could. Like I gave it everything I had. So you can't be, you know, you, you, I shouldn't say you can't be upset about that. Of course you can, but what does it serve you? Like what good does it do to to beat yourself up? And just the idea that our, somehow our best isn't good enough. Like, you know, like, did you do your best? Oh man. What else did you expect to do? 
beyond yeah. your best. Like there's not yeah. a beyond your best. So if you did your best and this with this goal and in these circumstances and where you're at in life right now, mm -hmm. what's your best changes all the time with what you have to offer. If you did your best, then congratulations. Cause you did yeah. wonderfully, <laughs> you know? Yeah. but we yeah. just, we don't let our best be I know. enough. And our it's best isn't thing. enough. Like, well, you don't have more than best. Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, um, the, the final story I have that I think is just so great. One of my friends actually reached out to me, um, and said, I, I really am interested on your perspective with this one. So these two high jumpers, the guy from Italy and the guy from Qatar, they apparently know each other, have trained and competed and whatever for years. And so they're, they're buddies, even though they're from different countries. Um, they both cleared 2.37 meters. So they're tied for gold Okay. and they both tried 2.39 meters and neither one could make it. So then they can do a jump off. They have the option to do a jump off and see, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how that process works, but I would imagine it would be like, okay, you know, you just work up again from whatever. Mm -hmm. And whoever's the first one that misses the other guy gets the gold medal or the athletes can choose to call it a draw and share the gold. We're both gold medalists mm. and my friend, and that's what they chose to do. He, the guy there, it, it, there's a great video. You should just Google like the mm -hmm. high jumper, you know, share gold or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's a great video because the official comes up and asks the guys, do you want to do a jump off? And the one guy kind of looks at the, the, you know, his fellow competitor. And, and then he looks back at the official and he goes, can we both get gold? And he goes, yeah. And, and so they like start high-fiving and hugging. They're like, it's <laughs> we're done. Like, this is it. And my friend was like, I'm really curious your perspective on this, because at some point, don't you think they're going to regret this decision? Like I didn't truly quote win gold. And my, I actually loved this story. Like I, I was telling our household about it when it was happening. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I read about this. These guys are amazing. And from my perspective, it is that notion of holding two competing things true at the same time. You can both quote, not win and be a champion. Mm -hmm. You have a gold medal yet mm -hmm. quote, you didn't win. So it really kind of gets into that minutia of, well, what yeah. does success mean? And what does mm -hmm. failure mean? And can you, you know, be I, both? Exactly. And mm -hmm. we are, we live in this, you know, sort of new approach to life where you hear this all the time. Everyone gets a gold medal. Like the, you know, people rag on that. And I can, I can get on with that like notion. Not everybody needs to be like celebrated and you're a winner all the time. We have to understand that failure happens. You fall short. Not everybody can win or be ahead or nail everything. That's part of life. And that's a really, really important lesson for mm -hmm. growth and to learn about yourself. However, I think it's also really important to acknowledge that, especially in something like a competition, like an athletic competition, one person's success doesn't take away from yours. Like if right. you share, I mean, these guys both shared that win, that success together. And it didn't mean that either one of them failed. It just right. meant like, this is okay. We both, you know, this is it. Like we're yeah. done. And this is what, this is what felt like success to them is mm -hmm. to agree to share the gold medal. It's yeah. a really cool story. That's fantastic. I love that a lot. I had not heard that, but I'm glad you told me that because that's a great story. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it just, it goes to echo what we've, we've talked about before is just like things have to be nuanced, right? Things aren't binary. It's not failure or success. It's mm -hmm. not only doing terrible or doing great. Like it's not, it's not how it works. It's not on or off. It's mm -hmm. continuum and there's a bunch of options and things can, you can have conflicting things exist at the same time. You can feel like a failure and also notice successes, right? Mm -hmm. like, like there's so much nuance to this and there's so much gray and it's so dependent on the person that to treat things as if it's yes or no, right? Black or white. Yeah. Man, as soon as we start doing that, we are setting ourselves up to feel like we're failing all the time. 
because it's either failure or perfect success of this thing that we've decided measures success that we don't even know if is realistic for us. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. I know. I know. It's kind of a miserable place to be, I Mm -hmm. think. And, you know, some people think that they have to harp on themselves in that way in order to succeed and move forward in life. But I am here to tell you, we are here to tell you that there is another way and you do not have to live in misery of feeling like a failure in order to, um, then try and thrust yourself into success. And it's a way that, yeah, a way that allows you to be a person that has like a life with a million variables happening Mm -hmm. all the time. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like we're like some experiment where in the, you know, where the control and everything's always the same. Come on, you know, life happens, you know, all the time and good things, bad things, stressful things, whatever, long-term, short-term, I mean, stuff just happens. And if we can't adapt what, and, and, and be flexible with what success means, and what the way forward looks like, then it's, we're going to be stuck in this feeling of just failing all the time, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I hope this was entertaining and, and helpful discussion for everyone. And yeah. I mean, of course I, again, I'm so enthralled with the Olympics and there have been such great lessons throughout this Olympics on mm-hmm. this kind of topic. So I think it fell perfectly. Yeah. You had so. some great stories from the Olympics. Yeah. I had no great stories from the Olympics. You didn't, you failed. I did. I'm a failure. Yeah, that's it. All right. So do you have a meeting in the mundane? I do. Yep. I, uh, just a day or two ago, we've had quite a bit of rain, um, Mm -hmm. recently. And usually when it rains here, it's like, like downpour, right? Like just tons of rain at once. And it's not fun, Mm -hmm. but uh, the other day I was coming back from running an errand and walking inside and it was raining, but it was just like a, like a nice shower, right? Like it wasn't super heavy. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't unpleasant to be in. Mm -hmm. And so I just like stood in it for a little bit and was just like, Oh man, I love like just a nice rain shower, you know, where you're kind of getting a little bit wet and, but it's not, it's not miserable. You're not getting soaked. And I just stood in it for a little bit. And then I walked into my entryway kind of under the roof and just like sat and listened to the pitter patter of the rain. And just, mm-hmm. I just was like five minutes of this, this little moment of like, oh man, I don't get this down here very often. Cause yeah. it's just like, it's like if it rained, it's like, you know, just sheets, like just pours, right. you know? And it was just like, oh man, what a nice little experience to just stand yeah. here and enjoy the rain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We, we got a really good rainstorm, which we have had severe drought for, Mm -hmm. uh, months now. And we got a really good dumping Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we got some, some rain. So it was good. A good dump. Everybody loves a good dump. dump. Can't get through a podcast without (laughs) a poop reference. Can we? So (laughs) mine is because we have house guests, Mm -hmm. we are cooking a lot and I love cooking. Obviously I love being in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. but it's been really fun to cook for friends and, you know, of course showing new recipes and how we make this and then they'll cook and they'll be like, yeah, this is how we make this. And it just feels different. I mean, Matt and I are really good at cooking for each other anyway. And we, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not the type of couple that we're like, Oh, what's, what's the big deal. It's just the two of us. So we're just going to eat out or we're not going to make anything. So it's been really fun to have people to share food with and to sit around our table that we, you know, we bought this new table last year that, um, or I guess earlier this year that we've been talking about for forever, like, it'll be so great to have people around this table, you know? And so that's been really fun. So that's my, yeah. yeah, My meaning in the mundane. I love cooking for people. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the best experiences to cook something for people that then they like really enjoy. Yep. And that's the it's best. Great. I love that. Food is love. Awesome. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. So All thank right. you listeners. Yeah, thanks everybody. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Bye.